0: You're listening to the Trailblazers podcast, episode 41, with Rena Campbell. You're listening to the Trailblazers podcast, where we will explore the stories of successful black professionals. Join us as we highlight the knowledge, resources, and tools of these accomplished trailblazers to help provide the know-how, confidence, and motivation you need to blaze your trail. And now, here's your host, Stephen Hart. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Trailblazers Podcast. Today we're talking with a young and trending Trailblazer, Miss Raina Campbell of the Dreams and Drive Podcast. Raina Campbell is a marketing strategist, freelance writer, content creator, and podcast host who helps creatives and lifestyle entrepreneurs. She works as a marketing specialist for dot com distribution, and she's also the host of the Dreams and Drive podcast that was launched in January of this year of 2016. Raina was also featured on the iTunes podcast homepage for Black Voices in Business category, which is what actually sparked our connection and led us to having her on the podcast. Raina is a native of Orange, New Jersey, and is a recent graduate of Princeton University with a Bachelor's of Arts degree in Sociology. Raina's work has been featured on Madame Noir. Blavity, Huffington Post, and Princeton Alumni Weekly. Now, I've posted Rena's full bio, along with all the resources that were mentioned and links to connect with Rena on our show notes page for today's episode. And you can find that at tbpod.com slash Reina Campbell. As you listen to today's episode, don't hesitate to... Please hop on over to Twitter or Instagram. Let Rena and I know your favorite takeaways from this episode. My handle is at T B Pod, and Raina's is at Rain Shine Love. R-A-I-N-S-H-I-N-E-L-U-V. Guys, get your Evernote app, grab a notepad, just get ready to jot down some goodies from today's episode number 41 with Raina Campbell. Enjoy. Serena, welcome and thank you for being our special guest on today's episode.
1: Hi, Steven. I'm really excited to be a guest on today's episode.
0: <laughs> this is exciting. So, Rena and I actually did a podcast exchange of sorts, right? So, I was recently uh, on Rena's Dreams and Drive podcast. Great episode. Encourage you guys to go ahead and check that out and make sure I'll link that up in a show notes page. Um, great episode for you guys who consume a lot of Trailblazers content to kind of hear the tables turned on me, and here Rena actually asked me the questions. So tonight I get to turn the tables on Rena and
1: ask oh, her some <laughs> stuff.
0: <laughs> and as you heard, Rena has a little Jamaican root stir as well.
1: So
0: you know we might have a little pato exchange here and there.
1: I'm horrible. I'm horrible. <laughs> I'll, st- I'll stick to my American accent. That's funny.
0: <laughs> That's funny. So you know I love to open up Trailblazer interviews uh, with. A discussion about gratitude, because I feel like it sets the tone for our calls. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'd love for you to maybe share with us, you know, something that you're really grateful for in your life right now.
1: So, you know, that's a that's a really good question, and a unique way to open up an interview. And the first thing that came to mind was and I don't know, this is not really a tangible thing, but it's more of an intangible thing is, you know, I'm really grateful for my life right now, the ability to forgive. Maybe it's just because I've been dealing with a lot of things just personally and just, you know, life life happens sometimes. And I think um, my ability to forgive myself and my ability to forgive others who may have wronged me or who I think may have wronged me have really helped me over the past month just keep going in times when I felt like, you know why are people so mean or why is this happening to me? I think that that whole idea that life goes on and you can overcome any challenge that comes your way and you can mm-hmm. forgive yourself and you can move forward has really, really helped me. But I definitely, definitely think that it's something that is crucial to anyone who is trying to build a brand, trying to create a business, anything. You have to know how to really move past, um, you know, what can be... Yeah challenging moments in your
0: life absolutely absolutely so reina looking back at your bio you know i saw that you you received a bachelor's degree in sociology from princeton university
1: yeah
0: let's let's talk about that a bit why did you actually decide to study sociology
1: okay so that's an interesting question and i i always ask myself did i even know what sociology was before (laughs) i went to and I don't think I did. I definitely don't think I did. But, uh, one of the unique things about Princeton is when you're, uh, when you're a freshman, you have to take something called a freshman seminar. And the freshman seminar that I was part of was called, uh, The Ghetto. And it was taught by this sociology professor, well, I said professor, <laughs> professor, uh, Mitch Dunier. And he was a really, really like, he was the head of the sociology department. We had this three hour class every Friday called The Ghetto. And it was basically talking about the Jewish ghettos and how they more into the idea of what we call the ghetto today. So it was a 12-week course where we learned everything about the original word, the original meaning of the word ghetto, how it was used during, you know, in the 1400s and all that stuff and how it kind of morphed into our cultural understanding of that today. And through that freshman seminar with Mitch, um, I really, really just loved studying you know society and studying one segment of society and it was it was a mix of history but it wasn't necessarily history and it had writing in it but it wasn't necessarily English it was really more focused on people and systems and society and how they work and so I just started taking more sociology classes and I think that it also was a good it was a good choice for me because I always had a love for people. Right. So now I was able to mix my love for people and for stories with understanding why they right. were the way they are, right. which right. is right. what sociology is.
0: Right. That's awesome. That's that's interesting. I want to talk about that that transition from that to marketing in a second. But, you know, I wanted to ask you, you know, what was the experience like attending an Ivy League university as a black woman?
1: So whenever I get asked this question, I always have to say, like, I I, I feel like I'm not, Okay, so my story is unique. So I, I've i been going to, I want to say, an Ivy League-like institution since I was in middle school. So um, I'm from Orange, New Jersey, which is like an urban suburb outside of North New Jersey. If you guys know, you know, people listening, they may know North more than they know Orange. So basically, you know, I grew up in an all-Black neighborhood, went to an all-Black school up until sixth grade. And my parents were like, you're now going to Orange Middle School. We're getting you out of here. And I was put in a program called A Better Chance, which mm-hmm. matches you with a college prep uh, school. So I went, I was basically shipped away. It was a day school, but I I was shipped away to a new environment, Englewood, New Jersey, which is one of the richest, uh, is in one of the richest counties in the the United States, Bergen County, New Jersey. And it was such a culture shock for me. So I think I, you know, being in an environment, going from an environment where I was not the minority, to then going to one where I was a minority, seventh and eighth grade was hell for me. I went through a culture shock, cultural shock, everything. And then um, once I got to high school, I kind of understood it. And I learned how to play the game of being the black girl in a white girl world, if that makes any sense. And so when I went to Princeton, I already felt like I had it wasn't a shock to me, whereas a lot of my friends who came from, you know, let's say all black public schools, or who were never used to being a minority, Princeton was very tough for them culturally. Right. They didn't know how to, as you could say, code switch, which I had learned how to do in seventh grade. <laughs> um, <laughs> they didn't really understand just the stratification that was going on on a on a wealth level or on a educational level there was just so many things so for me Princeton as a black woman I felt like I was able to navigate it easier than other people I knew just because I had already kind of been dumped in that environment before going there um and also another thing that I think really helps me was Princeton if you are a person of color I think what can make or break your experience is your social group Mm -hmm. and how um how in tuned and how ingrained that social group which you are a part of is you know, how ingrained that social group is with the entire culture of Princeton. So I was in a dance group which is fairly well known on campus. Mm. So for me being in that dance group, which didn't really make me an outlier in a sense, also helped my whole my whole um, experience as well. So I wanna say, you know, Princeton for me was as a black woman, I didn't really experience direct I want to say, like racial undertones or anything like that. That wasn't really more of my experience. I think the toughest things for me was just trying to navigate what does life mean as a college student. Right. And it wasn't really so much, you know, race or color for
0: right. me. Right. No, that's, that's interesting, though. I, I appreciate kind of sharing that backstory. Interesting. Yeah. You, were, you had to make that transition at an earlier age and then it, it turns out it benefited you um, in the long run. Right.
1: Yeah. And you know, and I want to say that is not to say like my experience is singular. So there, if you were to ask one of my friends, they would tell you an entirely different story. And even I have a friend who we both went to school together from seventh grade Mm -hmm. up until Princeton, we went to the same middle high school and, um, and college. And she came from an entirely different background from me. So she had been in private school her whole life. Her parents were doctors and she had been, you know, in that, um, in, that private school life, and for her, Princeton was a place of exploration, and she was really able to find her roots hmm. as a black woman. And if that makes any sense, right? right Whereas right. me, I didn't really see Princeton as like a way for me to get in touch with my inner self. Right. She joined a sorority; wow. I wasn't about to do that. So it was just, <laughs> it was you know definitely different. And we we basically came from the same school, but her experience is
0: totally different from mine right right so let's come back to this right you completed your bachelor's degree in sociology and then you made a transition to a career in marketing <laughs> <laughs> Take us through that transition.
1: Well, according to my parents, they thought I was going to be a social worker (laughs) with a sociology degree. So let me take you back because the story actually starts in high school. So my senior year of high school, I was accepted into a program called the Emma Bowen Foundation. And basically that's a program that Matches minorities with media companies for their four years of their of their college experience. So my first year out of high school, I was interning at CBS Corporation, and um and I interned in their workforce development. So each each. Each summer, I was rotating through different departments. So over the four summers, I was in CBS News with their magazine, um, with their communications department, with their uh, workforce development department, and their business wow. development department. So I had always, I went into college thinking that I wanted to have a background in media. And because Princeton wasn't a, you know, it's a liberal arts school, there was no direct media Uh, major. Mm -hmm. So that sociology was a way for me to study people. And then through my internships, I was doing media. So I, when when senior year came around, I was trying to get that like media job, but they weren't hiring at uh, CBS at the time. And all throughout college, this is, this is the ironic part of it so my job in college is i worked at Princeton university career services so from my sophomore year until my senior year i was their communications intern wow. so their their communications and marketing intern so you know during the summers i was doing media during the during the actual school year i was doing communications and marketing with career services and wow that's kind of how I ended up in marketing because when I graduated from Princeton, I actually didn't even have a marketing job. I was doing a nonprofit fellowship at a criminal justice agency in New York wow. because I couldn't, I didn't get a job. Like I, I was one of those kids who just couldn't find the dream job. And I applied to a fellowship and I got accepted because I was already part of the program that was doing criminal justice work. And um, I did that for a year that was in new york and being that i was in new york i still had that interest in media so that's when i started you know i started blogging i started freelance writing um so i was building my media career in the background at night thinking that one day i would get that big time media job and when i got uh when my fellowship ended i didn't have a job lined up and it turned out this story so i'll cut it short but it's really ironic too the way that I got the job I have now as a marketing coordinator at .com is basically when I was at my first job, we had to take a lot of work trips. So one time I was on a plane to Michigan and I was sitting next to this man next to me and it turned out he was a CEO coach. And this will go back to our, uh, this will this will really tie in well with our whole idea of building relationships. So we're talking about, you know, his CEO coaching and what he does and, I told him that I would keep in touch with him, which I did. And I told him that I was looking for a job because my fellowship was ending. And it turned out that one of his clients... That he has as a CEO coach, has her own company in Edison, New Jersey, which is close to my house. And he connected me with her, the CEO of the company. I met with her and she told me that she was hiring. She's building out her marketing department and she wanted me to meet with her CMO who she just hired. And that's basically how I ended up at dot com. So it really wasn't purposeful at all, but it was really just how everything came together.
0: Wow, that's so interesting.
1: <laughs> yes, I talked to a stranger on a plane and got a job.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, that's awesome. That's awesome. I love that story. So you know that brings us forward, right? I mean, you're you're a lady. As you echoed just a minute ago, you wear so many different hats in a creative space, of course. Mm-hmm. And you're you're doing marketing today for dot com distribution, in addition to being the host of Dreams and Drive. Yes. Right. So, what what is it about being a creative professional today that generates an inspiration and motivation to keep going?
1: Well, I think it goes back to, um, you know. So, my personality type is um for any of you guys who are into that stuff i'm an e n f j so it's extroverted intuitive feeling and judgmental type of person basically i'm like a i'm an idea girl right and any creative as as you may know you know creatives sometimes struggle with the i with with coming up with ideas and not knowing what to do with them so my constant energy and my um my brain is always going. So I know that's going to sound weird, but I think just my ability to always be thinking of what's next and what could be mm-hmm. is something that I really enjoy having as part of my personality. And I really think that is what has helped to motivate me and inspires me. If that makes sense. um, yeah. It's, yeah, I, just,
0: I relate because <laughs> I, I'm the exact same way. I'm probably the same.
1: I was going <laughs> to say, the thing that I really love, and I, I love stories. I've always been someone who loves the art of storytelling. And I think mm-hmm. being a creative, whether it's marketing, whether it's through my podcasting, I'm really able to think of new ways to tell stories. And that's just something that drives me. Um, I'm a real big fan of Ty Lopez. Do you know who he yes, is? Yes, yes. And he's always, you know, talking about how we really have to cultivate our strengths. A lot of people spend a lot of time not developing their strengths. And from a young age, I knew that storytelling was something that I really, really enjoyed. So now as an adult, I'm trying to find ways to keep that going. And I know that that's definitely something that continues to motivate me.
0: Right. So uh, tidbit here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Kristen, my wife, actually introduced me to a way to download audiobooks through a library to an app on my phone. And I thought it was just like magical because, of course, I always ask for recommendations for books on the podcast. And time-wise, I have no time to physically read as many books as I'd like. So being able to tap into a resource through the library that gets me audiobooks on my phone in an app for free is just like amazing to me so I've you know in the last week I was able to listen to a rework and right now I'm listening to Essentialism which is another book that came highly recommended through several guests and 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 other podcasts I've been listening to this book keeps coming back up I believe the author's name is Greg McKeown but you know he his basic in this is our our is struggle with making decisions through like the noise of life today right like so much happening right and and trying to to determine what your true priority is uh in life and and saying good putting everything else to the side so yeah as i was listening to this I was thinking about it and I was curious to know, you know, how are you able to be deliberate and content with with the choices and, and decisions that you're making, right? Given the the, the challenges with competing priorities of a full time job, of, of a podcast, of other things happening in your personal life? You know, how, how are you able to determine what's most important and what you need to actually put to the side?
1: I don't know. <laughs> No, I honestly, that has been a struggle. And I think it's a struggle for a lot of us. You know, I want to say us multi-passionate entrepreneurs, yes. right? People who have, we're always constantly being pulled in so many different ways. I think, you know, if I were to answer this as Raina in 2016 answering it, I think my answer today would have to say, I under, I now understand that trying to do it all doesn't reap any good benefits right. um, just because, you know. In college, you were, I was balancing a lot of different projects so that I, I didn't really have time to really pursue different things um, and pursue them well, I want to say. But once I graduated, I had a moment in time where I was trying to do everything. I had my full time job. I had my freelance writing. I was trying to run my blog and nothing was really being done um, you know, as as my father would say in in my best Jamaican accent, you know, you can't do two things at once, right? <laughs> so <laughs> it's just I was I was burning myself out and I wasn't seeing any results. So in two thousand well, 2000, beginning of this year, I told myself, and this is something I think we discussed in your podcast episode, of episode 41 of Dreams and Drive, is I told myself I was going to focus on dreams and drive only. Like, I had my own blog. I said, you know what? It's not important. People weren't really reading it anyway, right? <laughs> I was just going to focus on dreams and drive and By doing that and by making a single goal and by being consistent with that goal, I started to see results. And I'm the type of person that if I see the results, I'll continue to do it. You know, that makes sense. It's like kind of like that that. positive reinforcement. So I I saw that by consistently showing up every time, every week with an episode and by consistently doing things each week, I was getting results and I was growing and it was something that I could track and I knew why I was doing it. So that was like a light bulb to me. Like, you know, Hey, when you actually focus and when right. you say no to other things, because they don't align with the goal that you set for yourself, right. things get done and things happen. So that's just been something that I now incorporated into my life is I was so scared to tell people no. I was so scared to say, Hey, I can't do that. Or, you know, I don't have time to do that because I wanted so much, you know, just being a young adult, you want people to like you. You want to seem a available you want to seem busy but just through life you realize that that really doesn't pay off in the long run and that's why I started making the deliberate choice to just really focus
0: yes I, I relate to that so much on so many levels I, and yeah we and I, I definitely know I shared a very similar course <laughs> on on dreams and drive you know so you're almost at your year mark with a podcast right?
1: yes um well january. the end of the year would be the the year <laughs> so i started january 1st you did yes
0: that is so awesome so let, let's talk about the podcast for a little bit right what okay. what initially fueled the idea for dreams and drive and why is dreams and drive the the essential part of arena today you kind of touched on that a, a second ago but what fueled yes. the start
1: so I had always been doing interviews for like my freelance career. I wrote for different sites such as Madame Noir and I was a Huffington Post contributor. So I had always I, I, I realized that I had a knack for interviewing entrepreneurs Q&A style. And um, I did that on my blog for some point, but I realized that I hated doing the transcription and writing up the interviews. It just all took so long. And I don't really think people were engaging with the content that in a way that I knew that these entrepreneurs were giving a lot of great gems, and I think they were getting lost in the actual written word. And I had this idea, you know, I saw a lot of people. um, Lewis Howes was a really big inspiration for me in the beginning. I love his podcast, The School of Greatness. I met him in person. I was like, hey, you're going to be on my podcast one day. (laughs) And, um... I told myself that I needed to start a podcast, and I was actually interviewing someone from my Brand maker series, and he told me, what's stopping you? And I made up all these excuses about what was stopping me, and he said, stop it, buy a mic and make your podcast. And that was when, that was August of 2015. I still hadn't bought my mic um, by August. October of 2016. I actually have a funny story is I was with my boyfriend in uh the Checkers line. We we're getting funnel cakes and there was this there was this sign or there there was this garage outside of the Checkers uh, drive through that said no parking and I asked him to take wow, a picture of me next to really? it. Really? <laughs> yes. And I posted the picture online and I wasn't even thinking about you know, calling my podcast No Parking. I said, Hey, people, I want to start a podcast. What should I name it? And my cousin was like, No parking, duh. So that was the first name for the podcast, No Parking. I bought the mic eventually. And when I was in GarageBand testing it out, I was pretending I was like Oprah or something and said, Hey, this is a No Parking podcast. I'm going to help you put your dreams in drive. And then I had this aha moment. Wow. And I said, Hmm, dreams and drive. And that- <laughs> That was the whole evolution for it. And I, I set a date. So this was October. I said, you know what? January 1st, I don't care what it is. I'm releasing the first episode. I'm going to have a website and an episode up by that date. Just so happens I was introduced to this guy who lives on my block my entire life. We're, we're the same age. My my best friend introduced me to him. Turns out he was an audio engineer. Wow. He helps me. He was the first guest on the show, uh, David Michael Jones. He helped me do the, the podcast drop. It was just funny. All these things were aligning, aligning. right? When you and, decided
0: to take the step forward.
1: Yeah. All these things aligned. And I released the first episode on January 1st and told myself I was going to release one episode a week since then. And I've been doing it at 42 episodes in, as of you know the time that we're recording this, this podcast. And That was the the whole impetus for me starting Dreams and Drive is I knew that, as I said, I knew I love storytelling. And I think I had been learning how to tell stories, you know, by blogging at career services, by doing all the stuff at CBS. I had been building up the tools, even by doing freelance writing and actually transcribing interviews. I had two years of that under my belt. So the podcast was a great way for me now to show my voice right. and to, to actually show people what I think my skill is. And um, it was the evolution. I guess it was the next step in the evolution of the Raina Campbell brand, which I had really, you know, when I was younger, my, my, my teachers used to call me Chatty Cathy and my mom used to call me <laughs> Oprah. So, <laughs> Perfect. That, world for you. That's why. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: wow. Well, I'm happy that you took that step forward in faith and, and saw the podcast through a love, of dreams and drive. I enjoy listening to your epos- episodes. And, you know, I, you and I are both because I, I launched at the beginning of February. So I'm a month behind you you know and you and i are both learning this year right um from from our growth in the podcast space that entrepreneurship is the in thing it's sexy it and and podcasting is as well apparently but being a successful podcaster in an interview style format really boils down in many ways to the ability to build the right relationships right and you know i wanted us to talk you know we've kinda of had a discussion about, you know, a theme around this this episode talking about building relationships. And I'd love you to maybe share, you know, what what have been some of the lessons that you've learned about building relationships, especially through this this process of of growing dreams and drive.
1: Ooh, good question. Um, I think, you know, high level, the thing that I've really learned about relationships is that, you know, they shouldn't be, you have to view relationships as ways to provide value and ways to connect value to other people. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think a lot of times when people go into relationships building, they think about what can I get yes. out of this. Yes. But when you focus on what you can give to other people, you get so much more out of you know the the long term bond that you're able to to uh, to build. And that's like that's one of the biggest things that I've learned is just relationships shouldn't be about you. They should be about the other person. If you focus on what you can give to that person, you'll get so much more. And I I have like a little, you know, some, some high level things that I want to talk about as far as it, as far as relationship building goes, if that's okay with you.
0: Absolutely.
1: All right. So I have some like steps for everyone who's listening in. I think the number one thing, if you're approaching, you know, any type of relationship, let's say, let's, let's put this into perspective. So let's say you are trying to connect with someone, right? You really definitely need to start with knowing who you are and why you are doing this? A lot of people go into relationship building and they think of, they don't know their why. And I think if you don't have a goal in mind, then, You can be lost. So whether it's you know you want insight, you want to connect with other like minded people, you have to know your why, and you have to know what's motivating you. And then you also have to know what's your value add. What are you bringing to the other person? Whether it's you know you're a resource, whether you're sharing some type of um, some type of asset, whatever it is, you definitely need to know what. The other person can get out of building some type of relationship with you. Another thing that I think is important is the idea of being genuine. Um, yes. I can even tell you this just from podcast pitches. So I respond to podcast pitches that I think people have actually taken the time Thoughts. to <laughs> to research. Like, you know, don't, don't pitch me. And I know that it's not genuine i know that you haven't listened to an you episode know, i know that you have out. no idea i need to be on your podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah like people have people have uh <laughs> set you pitches that say dreams and drive and i'm like you never listen to this that's not the name of my podcast um, So <laughs> just things like that like, you can I'm, I'm somebody who bases things on feelings and i right. think you get so much more when you know that what that person is asking of you is something that they actually want and and they're being genuine about it. So that's another big thing. I think you have to really, really understand people's desires. I learned this from my mentor early on in um, in, in in life. She told me um, her name is Gabby Simpson. She told me that. At the same when you're asking for something, you have to put yourself in the mind of someone else. And what would they get out of it? What do they want? What motivates people to Mm -hmm. actually respond to you? That's been something that has really helped me in relationship building is being able to put myself in the other person's shoes. Right. And it's not something that I think a lot of people think about a lot of times. It's kind of like knowing how to sell. (laughs) I really think anybody who wants to get better at networking should read some books on just basic sales techniques. I know it may sound awkward, but you really have to understand how to how to answer the question what's in it for them.
0: I love it. You could keep going for an hour. Oh, so,
1: that's bad. <laughs> the,
0: the the great thing here is so you've laid out some of these these key points, right? I, I think they're a great foundation for any relationship, right? How have you been able to apply some of these principles, some of these these tips that you've shared to building and sustaining relationships that have developed through maybe guests that you've brought on to the podcast?
1: That is a really good question. I'm actually, as we're speaking, I'm actually scrolling through all the guests that I've had on the podcast, and I'm trying to see if there's a story that comes to mind. Um, okay, so I actually have one. So episode six, Sakita Holly. she's also a podcast host of the Hashtags and Stilettos podcast. Right. So Sakita Holly. I messaged her when I was a senior in at Princeton. And I messaged her because at that point, I thought I wanted to be a public relations professional. And I was reading up on top public relations professional woman of color in New York City and her her name popped up and I sent her a message. And I was like this bright eyed college student asking her can I have 30 minutes per time for informational interview which was a good skill that I had learned from working in career services that always asking for that like that's use your college student status as a way to kind of get people to talk to you. So she obliged and we had a really good conversation. And she told me she was like, you know, if you just keep on following up with people, you will go far. And I never let my relationship with Sakita die. I always followed up with her, whether it was on Twitter, whether it was through emails. So over the course of Three years following college, we had become internet buddies and we had never met. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, I actually met her randomly as a, at a trade show in Secaucus, New Jersey. Wow, that's totally funny. random. And it was one of those moments where like, oh, my gosh, we're finally meeting in in real life. So when it came time for me to do the podcast, she was someone that I knew I wanted to have on the show. And she had no hesitation in being on it. Right. And we have just really been able to to grow professionally. And I think even personally, because she just gives me a lot of life tips on, you know, how to not get not, not get screwed over with freelancing and all that other stuff. So she's she's one of the first examples of a podcast guest that I have been able to really, really build a good relationship with over the years. And through the podcast, it has really been manifested.
0: That is really awesome. And I, I'm looking back at these tips. I was writing notes here. I am blown away. I can't wait for people to consume this. Uh, if you're listening right now, you need to go ahead and hit like that 15-second <laughs> rewind a few times, open your Evernote, and take some notes because... Raina just dropped some knowledge on you if you
1: love Evernote, Steven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get you that sponsorship <laughs> soon. <laughs> That's right.
0: So Raina, you know, like I was actually having a conversation just this morning with a listener of my podcast. And we were talking about how much I think being the host of Trailblazers has helped me in so many ways with my communication skills, both in business and even in my personal life. Right. I feel the strength of my conversations, right? And my ability, most importantly, as a man, <laughs> my ability to listen a little more effectively, um, mm-hmm. which is a struggle we have, right? And, you know, I'm curious to know how that's been for you. How has being the host of Dreams in Drive uh, and the knowledge you've gained as a host helped you in, in your everyday interactions, your communication, and your personal growth?
1: I think from just a basic technical perspective, as you said, I think the, the show and, and me having a genuine desire of it get, to get better, I've been forced to become a better listener. Mm-hmm. I think anyone, like if you listen to your first episode versus wow. your latest episode, wow. you realize how you really started listening to your guests more. Yes. A lot of times in the beginning, I was so caught up on you know, asking the, the right questions <laughs> and it being in the right order. Right. And if I didn't do it in the right order, I thought I messed up and yes. whatever.
0: Are you trying to find your place?
1: (laughs) Yes. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. uh, Question six. (laughs) Um, So just being a better listener is definitely something I think that I've I have developed. I think something else that I've also developed is that I being able to give myself constructive criticism and to give myself feedback and to actually listen to it mm. only because when you're editing your own podcast, you hear For a real. lot of your own thoughts. And yes. you, I mean, you hear a lot of what you're saying. And I'm like, why did I even say that? Why didn't I let that person <laughs> speak? You know, yes. you hear your voice so much more. And when you're editing your own voice, you think of ways that you can be better. And that has definitely been, been something that I've uh, developed. And I think something else is I learned to not be selfish. And I say that because a lot of the people that I've interviewed are people that I genuinely find interesting. So there are a lot of questions that I, you know, in the beginning I used to ask people selfishly. You know, I wanted to know the answer to this so that it would help me in my life. And I realized that dreams and drives... I don't want to say I realized it because I started it because I wanted to help other people. But we always have selfish motivations. You know, we have to know what drives us. At some point of this whole podcast, I want to be known as a great interviewer or whatever. So I think I started to, as the months went on, is I started to think of the actual dream drivers more. I started to think about the community. I started to think of questions that people would want me to ask right. the, the guests that I had on the show. And I actually got that from, um, I listened since I'm in the New York City area, I listen to Hot 97 every morning. Mm. And um, one of the things that Ebro in the morning, he's one of the, the, the hosts or whatever, he always says that people get mad at him because a lot of guests get mad at him because they ask. he asked the questions that the fans want him to ask right and that was something that i had to start incorporating in dreams and drive is not making it so much more about me but asking questions that people could actually learn things from right. because at the end of the day the listeners are the ones that are helping to, to grow the show yes and if i'm not thinking about them then i should just be having informational interviews with these people and not publishing them to the public, you know what I mean? So that definitely was something that I learned from over the, you know, these past 40 episodes is that when you start focusing on what you can give to other people, so that's just the relationship building thing we're talking about, how you can provide value you will start to see results and you will really start to grow. And that's I'm finding that, you know, the episodes where I'm really asking questions that will help people listening, those are the ones that have gained a lot of traction. And and um, my 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 childhood friend actually told me this best. She uh we were having a conversation about the podcast and she said Raina like I already know you I don't really care about you that much. I want to know about these guest stories. Right. So that was you know, I, I know she 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 was joking but you get what you get what she means from that too so you know
0: reina as as you're talking you know i'm i'm thinking about this too and i I know you'll relate to this because we're joking about you know just the need to ask the next question and especially as we're talking about building relationships and people are out there networking you know you have you know reina talked about knowing the value add and knowing you know how what what you're bringing to the to the other person you really have to be able to listen effectively to mm-hmm. what people are saying. Because sometimes, all too often, we as young podcasters were rushing through our objective, right? Or questions. I know, you know, while I've been editing earlier episodes, I heard someone tee up. The perfect opportunity to follow up on a response and get that nugget out of an episode and miss that opportunity because I was being selfish to move on to the next question mm. in that regard, right? And so sometimes, you know, we miss that opportunity, as you've, you've echoed, you know, to, to really unpack and, and build a relationship, really kind of giving more than trying to get from that relationship by just really tuning in listening in you know figure out oh, how you can really help that person right i hope that makes sense
1: no that makes a that makes a lot of sense and i totally agree with 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 that because once you stop doing it, it just it, it just flows so much better. You know what I mean? It's, it's and it and and it, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm getting emotional now. <laughs> <laughs> it's really enlightening when you come to that realization. Yeah. And there's so much that you get when you allow allow it to happen. That makes sense.
0: Yes, absolutely. I'm so happy that we, I feel like we are both growing as podcasters and, and learning about this. And this is real. You know, I really hope that people are able to capture the value in what we're sharing right here about, you know, building relationships. So, you know, Rena, I wish this interview could carry on for another hour, but, you know, we're about to wrap up. But before we do, I'd love to to share some of your resources and tools with our listeners. And one of the things we always ask is, you know, what what's one book that you've read that's inspired you most?
1: So I'm a bookaholic. Like, I've been reading books since I came out the womb, literally. (laughs) But, um... I think this is going to be so cliche because I feel like every, this is a lot of people's favorite book, but the book Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon really, yeah. I love that book. Um, I think it was one of the, the first self-development books that I read out of college. So I wasn't really I felt I didn't I wasn't reading in college. I was just doing schoolwork. So once I graduated, I started reading again. And before college, I read a lot of fiction, but now I'm reading a lot of like self-development and nonfiction books. Right. And that book was just really, really helped me understand that I was never going to succeed until I mastered who I was and mastered the art of self and how your thoughts become things, right. or things become thoughts, whatever yes, that is. Yes. Um, I, I love that book. I, I would recommend it to everyone. I actually bought it for a few friends like, hey, I read this. It's, it's really good.
0: Serena, so, what's what's something small that you've done this month that you're proud of?
1: Oh, that's a good one. Um, hmm, Something small. I think, oh, that's, (laughs) Stephen, I can't think of anything, something small. You know what? I made a goal for the end of the year. That's good for me because I'm somebody who sometimes I think things out and I don't actually write them down. So I actually wrote down my goals for the end of the year. And if you know me, that's really, really good. So I'm really (laughs) proud of myself for that. And I'm hoping that I I check those things off the list that I have for the end of the year.
0: Love it. Love it. So, We want you to to name an online resource. It could be an app, software or tool that you use every day and you can't live without it.
1: All right. So I'm going to have to say because we're talking about relationship building and networking I am a Gmail user, and I love the app called Streak App. And the reason why I love Streak App is because, you know, I'm, I'm constantly sending emails to people, and it's basically a CRM, a customer relationship management tool for your right. inbox. Right. And I use it specifically for scheduling emails and for, um, and for creating email uh, templates. So basically, Streak App allows you to do—let's say I'm sending an email to Tonight and I, I'm writing an email tonight. I don't want to send it until tomorrow morning. It allows you to schedule the emails in advance. So if I'm working at night, I don't have to worry about going into my drafts and trying to send them later. So that's why I love it. I also love it because it has this uh. It has this feature called snippets, which which allows you to create auto responses. So because I do a lot of podcasting, as you know, we have prep documents, we have follow up documents. I can basically type a hashtag into a into an email and then an, entire email will auto populate based on the snippet that I created. So that's been something that has helped me tremendously. As you may know, Steve, when you are on my podcast, you got the prep document, you got the go live document. Yeah. I'm able to create that with just the, a hashtag. Um, and the last reason why I love it is because it also has email tracking. So if you want to be a good relationship builder, you have to be very organized. Yes. And I keep track of everyone that I talk to, everyone that I reach out to in an Excel document or Google Docs. And if you go to your Gmail with this with this tool, you can see when someone has viewed your email and you can see when they viewed it, how many wow. times they viewed it, even where they viewed it. And um, I know it's kind of creepy, but it just helps me in my it helps me in my networking and my outreach follow up if knowing if someone has emailed me, if someone's opening my email. So a lot of times, like on um, one time, I could see that someone kept opening my email that day. So I sent them a follow up and they responded and said to me, Oh my gosh, I was just looking at your email. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't know that I was I had this tool. So yeah, streak app. So Hold
0: on, speak speak uh, so Streak S T R E A K?
1: Yeah, streakapp.com, wow. or maybe it's just streak.com. But I think if you're gonna install it, it's just let me tell you right now, it's streak.com.
0: I am so downloading that the second
1: <laughs> we this
0: interview. That is awesome, Serena. So before we wrap up, you know, I'd love to invite you to share one action. All the inspiring trailblazers listening to this should commit to this week to help them blaze their trail.
1: So I think one thing that. Is so important. And I guess I'll bring it back to the whole idea of dreams and drives, give a good tie in with Trailblazers, too. Because I think a lot of times we're scared to really be truthful with ourselves or what our ideal lives are. Could look like, or what we want our ideal lives to be, and I think if we're truthful with our strengths and take the time to really just sit down and create um, a storyboard, it doesn't even have to be an exact plan. But I think sometimes we don't actually take the time to be honest with ourselves and say, "Hey, if I could do anything in the world, what would it be?" Mm. What what would that would that be? So I would say for everyone listening in, make sure that you take the time to really be honest with yourself about your strengths. Take inventory of what you're currently doing, and if you think you're in line with what it is that you should be doing. And I think when we start to actually take the time to map out our desires and map out our dreams, even if we don't have a, a exact plan that just leads us on a road to really discovering ourselves and i'm really i'm really big on self development i'm really big on mastering yourself before you try to master other things cuz i don't yes. think that you'll be successful until you really have an understanding of your why so take the time this week people take the time to really ask yourself why why am I doing this? Who am I doing this for? What is it that I want to achieve? What is it that I see for myself? Don't ask other people at this, at this stage, just really ask yourself and, and be truthful with yourself. And I think that can uncover uh, a lot and help you as you take the next steps in life.
0: Love it. Love it. Rena, before we let you go, please tell us how we can stay connected to you. And we'll finish up for today.
1: All right, well, for everyone listening in, you can find me personally at Raina Campbell. So that's just R-A-N-A-Campbell, like Campbell Soup, C-A-M-P-B-E-L-L dot com. That's my main landing page. And on social, you can find me at Rain, R-A-I-N-Shine, S-H-I-N-E. S-H-I-N-E love l u v and that's just the nickname I'm, i always ask myself why did i never change my <laughs> social media name it's just something i've had since high school so i said hey i'll just use that um and of course if you want to listen to the dreams and drive podcast all you have to do is go to dreamsanddrive.com or find us on social at dreams and drive across the board
0: love it rena thank you so much for being our guest really appreciated you I can't wait for this to drop
1: Thank you, Stephen, for having me on. And I hope that everyone
0: listening in was able to, you know, come away with some gems today. Absolutely. Well, that's it for today. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Trailblazers podcast. I'll be posting links to all of today's book recommendations and links mentioned on our show notes page at tbpod.com. If today was your first time listening to the Trailblazers podcast, I just want to extend a warm Trailblazers welcome to you. We're so happy to have you here and we encourage you to go ahead and hit that subscribe button in your favorite podcast app go ahead and browse through some of our past episodes to keep the knowledge flowing. If you're a fan of the podcast and today's content, and you're maybe already subscribed to the podcast, please continue to share and invite your friends, your family, or colleagues to listen to an episode that you think might impact them most. We believe that someone listening to these inspiring stories will be moved to make significant changes that will have generational impact for many others, both now and well into the future. Don't miss next week's episode. New episodes are released each and every Monday by about 5 a.m. Eastern. Trailblazers, jump off this podcast today. Go find a way to rise above, go way beyond, and keep blazing your trail. Cheers.